0: This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. When I became kosher, I think my mother was heartbroken not to be able to feed me. But we figured it out together, for it was me who changed the rules midstream. It was me who suddenly wasn't licking the burnt bits of fat from the roast beef in her pan. So between my mother's kindness and my commitment to the fifth commandment, we made it work. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. The other day, someone, you know, when I was grocery shopping, noticed me looking at the side of a cracker package at the grocery store. I was putting on my black glasses because I needed to read more closely, and the woman beside me, she suddenly turns to me and she says, are you looking for a calorie count? And then she laughed and winked. Girlfriend, I said, no, I do not count calories. I mean, take a good look. And what are you counting then? She said, Carbs? fat grams? Actually, I said none of the above. I don't eat for my thighs or my abs. I said I eat for my soul. I'm actually looking for a little symbol that says this product is kosher. It's a Jewish thing. Muslims, they eat something called halal, and Jews have a particular dietary laws that require that their food not contain certain ingredients or not have them mixed together. It's like a whole other level of food mindfulness. I said to her, "Uh she said, well, I get that. I'm a strict vegan, and I'm always looking for ingredients that are contained that I'm not supposed to touch. I said, so you understand you're a vegan ideologically. You prefer not to eat any food that comes from a living source. So you're going to be scrupulous and mindful with everything that goes in your mouth, too. Yes, she cried out. She was so delighted. You know, my mother, she said, is always telling me that she made food that's vegan, but she slips up with things like honey and sometimes dairy products. And I'm so sick of having to be the food police with her. I don't know how to explain it to her without sounding like I'm judging her or preaching, but she hates it. But I want my choices to be respected. You understand. Now, this girl was young enough to be my own kid, so I put my hand on her arm and I said, listen, your mom isn't likely trying to sabotage your food. She's trying to speak in her love language, of feeding you. Now, you can help her with that by not getting angry, but instead try to help her get it right and praise her efforts. Funny, she said. She told me the other day that she feels my vegan diet is tearing our family apart, that I can't eat with them anymore. And I don't trust anybody's cooking, she says. And she said, the whole family is feeling put out and annoyed by me, and it makes me want to stay so far away from family dinners. It was getting heavy, but, I uh, yes, I've been there I've done that, and not just around food. You see, every time we take a step outside of the norms of our families, of origin, there's going to be a pushback. It's not that our nearest and dearest don't want the best for us. Of course they do. It's that they believe and they hope and they pray that what they already gave us is the greatest. That if we somehow change our direction... That it's inherently an insult or a rejection of their efforts. That it implies their way is somehow wrong. And that can be extraordinarily painful for them. You know, it takes some serious emotional intelligence to allow a person you love to grow and change and differentiate. It takes some serious commitment to your relationship to navigate these changes without taking them personally, to focus on what unites you rather than what divides you, you know, to live in unity but without uniformity. In the start of Genesis, we read about Abraham's journey to selfhood in a Torah portion called Lech Lecha. Go to yourself, or can be translated as go for yourself. Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs offers his take on it as follows, beginning with the line from the text. The Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your land, your birthplace, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Abraham was commanded to, to leave behind the sources of both tradition-directedness, your father's house, and other-directedness, your land, and your birthplace. He was about to become the father of an inner-directed people. His entire life was governed by an inner voice, the voice of God. He didn't behave the way he did because that is how people had always acted, nor did he conform to the customs of his age. He had the courage to be on one side while the rest of the world was on the other. His mission, as we read in the Torah portion that follows this particular parsha, was to instruct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that they too would carry with them that inner voice wherever they went. Theirs was a morality of righteousness and guilt, not honor and shame or conformism and anxiety. Hence, the centrality of education in Judaism since Jews would have to hold fast to their values even when they were a minority in a culture whose values were diametrically opposed to their own. Ugh, that writing. Who can improve on Rabbi Sachs' poetic genius, I'm telling you. So this truth about our people, it's an eternal truth for the individual as well. Sometimes the culture whose values are diametrically opposed to your own can be within our own families. The central commandment of the top ten, number five, is to honor your father and mother. And therefore, as we move towards ourselves, we still have to honor the place we came from. We must ensure that our changes and our separations are done with exquisite sensitivity to the feelings of our parents. In my case, when I became kosher, I think my mother was heartbroken not to be able to feed me. But we figured it out together. For it was me. Who changed the rules midstream? It was me who suddenly wasn't licking the burnt bits of fat from the roast beef in her pan. It was me who suddenly wasn't eating butter on my baked potato when I had chicken. But I was 40 years old at this point, and I was able to understand the emotions behind her distress. So I brought my own plates and my mother bought foil pans and she made her oven kosher when she cooked for me. She could make me her famous brisket. And you know, the dollar store lets you equip your kitchen for kosher guests for less than 10 bucks. So there's really no excuse. So between my mother's kindness and my commitment to the fifth commandment, we made it work. But frankly, it was on me to ensure that it worked. When I was 17, I went through a brief vegetarian phase. I was punitive in shaming everyone in our house because I was still sure that the world revolved around me. So whether or not you're vegan or vegetarian or keto or kosher, when you're a guest in someone's home, you must be deeply grateful for the efforts that others make to accommodate you. But you're not entitled, you're grateful. And oversee it all if necessary. But the greatest spice that can be added to food that someone prepares for you is your appreciation. This week, can you examine where your differing directions may have caused inadvertent discomfort for those around you? Now, this is not to say that you should acquiesce to peer pressure or bow to a standard you don't truly believe in just for the sake of peace. I'm not saying that. It means, rather, that you must be scrupulous in your role in changing the rules, in guarding the feelings of those who might be impacted by those changes. Okay, so back to the store and the box of crackers and my new little friend. So naturally, she said to me, course. Well, I'm Jewish too, but I don't keep kosher. And I said, well, you likely do, my friend. With no meat or pork, and you don't mix milk and meat, you don't eat shellfish, you're pretty darn kosher by being a vegan. Huh, she said. So are those crackers kosher? Yes, I said they are. But they have milk products in them, so they're not for you. No, she said they're not. And then, you really should stop eating dairy products. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.